You're listening to the AFL Unlimited podcast, where we tackle all the hot topics in the AFL and bring you up to speed with everything you need to know in the football landscape. We'll take a look at this weekend's games and have some mixed discussion about what to expect. Let's head up to the box for the opening bounce. Another week down in hub life and another week of heart stoppers, some superb individual performances and some questionable coaching decisions. We'll be talking all of that and more in episode 13 of AFL Unlimited. Let's get stuck into it, boys. How are we? Wonderful. Happy to be here. Hello, Langs. In 13. Time. Hello, Langs. 13. <laughs> 13. Absolutely. We've uh, somehow got to 13 episodes, and it's about the mid-year point of this current season. Mm. Interesting times. And interesting times indeed. Midpoint. Injuries galore seem to be going on now about. You've seen, obviously, Geelong had Mitch Duncan do his hamstring last weekend. Uh, Narkle did his hamstring. Joel Selwood did his hamstring in Richmond. Josh Caddy's done his hamstring. There's been a lot of other, like, syndesmosis has been something that's been pretty common. What are we thinking, guys? Do you think it's just a coincidence, or is it having something to do with, I don't know, the shorter games or the strain that players are, are facing, or what are we thinking here? Well, I think it's definitely got something to do with the whole environment, I reckon. I mean, the fact that they're out of their usual training habits and their beds as well, apparently that can make a difference, you know, but... Uh... I think it is probably a little bit to do with, as you said, the time of the games, but also the frequency of the games. They're a bit more inconsistent. They're going to get a bit different again. So I guess a normal footballer's year would have pretty much regularity between six, seven-day breaks, you know, maybe the old extra one. But mm-hmm. now they're thrown all over the place. And Zebul was another. He just pinged it in about oh, yeah. 10 minutes, didn't he? <laughs> but those soft-tissue ones... Yeah, it's probably expected, I guess. And a couple of weeks ago, it didn't look as bad as what it potentially could have been. But I think now, as we're getting into the real tight turnarounds, we are seeing mm. some of the results of these, you know, quick, you know, four or five day breaks and, you know, odd ga- odd times for games, Thursday nights, Monday nights. It's it's all sort of starting to happen now, Tyson. Yeah, and, and Shorty mentioned a really good point, like sleep's a, a, big, a big thing. So, you know, even being out of your ordinary, you know, bed can make things obviously <laughs> a, a lot more you know different you know you might have more difficulty sleeping and you know you need as much rest as possible to ensure your body recovers well but the the turnarounds for these games is obviously pretty crazy as well like four or five day breaks are not really ever really a thing so um that that's going to be significant as well nat fife also comes to mind as well and Ooh, yeah joel selwood hasn't done a hamstring for years so i think that that sort of um says a lot as well that it's affecting the players and was always going to yeah it's it's a bit Interesting, isn't it? And you look at it, and some teams are taking the risk with players. Example, North Melbourne, you guys have wanted to bring up here. It's a bit of an interesting one here. They brought in a few underdone players last few weeks, and it's not paid off. You know, sometimes you go, oh, Stevie J in the 2011 Grand Final, that sort of thing. (laughs) This has not worked for North Melbourne, and it's in during the season. Now, Langs, I remember you brought up a few weeks ago with um, Cunnington, so he, he just randomly played... And I, yes. I, I remember he, he was off in the second term or something. Yeah. He just admitted up, like afterwards or a few weeks later, like, no, he shouldn't have played. But I feel like clubs getting desperate just to try and get wins, to try and get themselves in finals. They're compromising the, the long-term health of their players um, for the season. Wow. I don't think North and, have to worry about finals. But you're spot on. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe there there are more risks being taken because potentially, you know, 50% fit. Cunnington kicks two goals and you know gets you up in the first half of a game and you know potentially that that gets the job done for for a W and North potentially desperate playing players that should not be and you know you mentioned Zebel before Shorty just 
innocuously pinged his hammy pretty early in the game, and Zerha was a late out of that game as well, and um, Reece Shaw actually admitted that he'd injured himself at training, didn't pull up too well, and they tried to get him pull, uh, through for that game, and he was a late out. I don't know where this um, mindset of taking injured players into games has come from, but if anything, it's going to go the other direction in shortened format games with less preparation, less turnaround. I don't think you should be taking injured players into games. And Fife was another example of yeah, that. Yeah, I was and just thinking. Frio, Frio butchered that, and you know he came back with a one-week hamstring. Why which was it one week and then come yeah, doesn't exist. Had three touches no. in the second half in that great Frio comeback. It has to be said, but he's probably going to miss double that now again. So. And you, like you said, I mean, sometimes it can pay off and you go okay and the player does have a bit of an impact. I mean, Fife wasn't his best, but he was dominant in the first half and still mm. snagged a goal or two. two. He still came back too early, but if it doesn't work, you have egg on your face mm. and you look pretty stupid. But I heard North had 26 fit players to pick from, so that's probably... Yeah. You shouldn't be picking players if they're not fully right, but they're, they're probably right on the brink where they are sort of thinking... It's not so much is 50% Cunnington better than your 26th player. It's like, we're getting deep into our list, yeah. from what I heard. And that'd yep. be probably why they had him sitting in the goal square. Yeah. Because they just couldn't afford... To, he was more there just to just to sit there like they'd see a statue there if they could. But yeah. <laughs> they just had a guy, hopefully he could Winning covers through. everything, and when you lose, it, it looks worse. But it doesn't look like it's going to be seeing it relaxing anytime soon with obviously we're approaching that period that the AFL brought up is they're going to be trying rushing in a lot of games in so we've heard it brought up that potentially there could be nine rounds played in six weeks of football and stuff like mm. that that's some pretty intense mm. speculation obviously it's still up for review from the AFL players but this could be a pretty intense period where there's going to be some hamstrings popping like yeah. crazy. Well, I'm thinking the four-day break's just about going to yeah. be the norm. Yep. And it's going to take a squad, not just a side, which you know, it could be a talking point for another day, but I yes. think it could be the first time ever that maybe you should get a, premiership. a different type of medal. Yeah, you're on Ring. to langers. Yeah, something, play. Not, not for the game day one, but just something different. Yep. If you did help it, but that could be a topic 100%. for another day. But four-day breaks, brutal. And if you weren't already out the door for Supercoach of 2020, <laughs> I think this is going to uh, pretty much kill that uh, wow. that vibe for the rest of the year. It's going to be very yeah. hard just, you know, from an AFL perspective, but so certainly Supercoach. When does it start? When does it end? Yeah, <laughs> well, it, I don't think it's ending it, at all, Daniel, for you this year. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> it makes you wonder a bit more about, because I remember hearing Geelong were like one of the only teams that actually brought a full squad into the hub to yeah. begin with. A lot of people left a ton of players back. It's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Obviously, some, you know, personal reasons, some yep. people like to stay behind, but a lot just choosing not to bring certain players up. They may not have been up to the level yet. Which, thing, how which this is, season is going could very well play into our favour, having, you know, Chris Judd talked about cohesion, squad cohesion, and, you know, mm. games played together, and mm. the whole team's together, and it might be more of a vibe rather than having, you know, 12 players, you know, left behind. In Victoria, but you know the way the season's going, anything can happen. So how you manage your group will obviously win yes. the flag. It, it normally yep. plays a pretty good role anyway. But more than ever, it's going to be super interesting, I reckon, because there's no blueprint for approaching a season like this. So it might be like a casual netball grand final. There'll be like seventeen <laughs> versus fourteen, and whoever just rocks up and has yeah. enough players can uh, yeah. just play. It's going to be yeah, very strange. It might be, and I'll tell you what, I mean, thanks to uh, Queensland for moving the AFL pretty much there for the meantime, so that's obviously um, 
really, really significant as well. I never thought Queensland would be the saviour of... <laughs> well, well, not just Queensland, actually, because obviously yeah. Tassie is becoming a bit of a player now in that they're getting through, mm. and obviously WA is still pushing for how awesome they are. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, and I suppose grand final locations will be talked about heavily um, going into the later part of the season, but... I'll tell you what, it'd be good to have it at Optus. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think, Team HBA. I think, Adla- <laughs> I think Adelaide Oval's the perfect oval to have it at. That is another discussion for another day, but I heard Wangaratta put up during the week as a potential grand final location. Cause they, <laughs> Give it a spell, They, they hosted one uh, NAB Cup game, but the mayor of Wangaratta very op- optimistic that he can get the grand final to the rat. Optimistic is the word. <laughs> Mystic optically. Provisional. <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, but that's all the, the major news I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did prepare, so obviously it's not just off the top of my head. But um, obviously the games is where we want to get into the action here because there was some thrillers, some fizzes. And, and there's still one more tonight. There's still one more tonight. So it is. Uh, it's a jam-packed schedule. And yes, the Saints have the Crows tonight. So what we'll do, ladies and gentlemen, we'll review that game on top of the coming games for next Monday. And I dare say it'll follow that kind of format for a little while. Sounds but like a plan. But for the current plan, Langs and and Co, uh, we we had uh, Geelong, and <laughs> Geelong and Collingwood on the Thursday night. It was Collingwood getting the job done by twenty two points. Yeah, pressure, pressure, pressure is well, all I could say there. When you there try and just... fit three thousand words into your essay, you just keep reading <laughs> words. That's all I could say. Other like there was some pretty intense. Like the cats always seemed to be a bit fumbly when they were getting the ball and. And those pies just, they looked back at it and, yeah, I guess it's some of the most important pies weren't wearing the pies jumper, but we'll get into it. <laughs> you wanted me wanted me back to the uni days there, Langs, with the essays, but uh, pies started off the game really well yet again, um, as they have over the course of this year. They, they won in the cold face way too often and sort of along the lines of what Chuck was saying. Pies were much cleaner and tougher at the footy than the Cats. Um, Geelong tried hard, but they were too fumbly and had too many passengers, unfortunately. Oof. Collingwood outworked Geelong at the contest and on the outside. As far as the umpires, that was quite uh, interesting. <laughs> there were some uh, funny calls. I'll, I'll let you guys discuss oh, that yes. uh, very shortly. Dugowie was obviously outstanding with five goals. Grundy, Trelaw and Dangerfield also prolific, um, but also on the the other side, big injuries to Dugowie, Selwood, and Clark. Mm. Take it away, Daniel. The pies were very impressive. I, I thought Geelong, like you said, were a bit fumbly, but they were sharp. They were super sharp, and they've still got a couple of key outs. I'm not sure if all of them will come back, and Dugowie could be a couple of months, but I think they're the form team, and, and rightfully a lot of people's flag fancies, but being Geelong supporters, I was very disappointed. I thought... There was an opportunity for some players to stand up, and they just didn't. You know, Parford is one. Oh, and to lose yeah. Clark really hurt because we've he got, was playing well. He he offers some dash, mm-hmm. and it's really only Tui and Clark off the back line. There's a lot of uh, Paul Paul ball users. Paul, <laughs> Paul Chapman. Ball Chapman. <laughs> 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 Paul Chapman. And yeah, but no, the pies were impressive. Geelong. I don't know. It's probably just where we're at, aren't we? We Ooh. lose prelims, and that's cool. Oh. That's kind of what it was. You like. had a very uh, specific message for Brandon Parford as well, I believe, Daniel, during the week. That <laughs> needs turned... a rocket up his oh. backside. Oh my lordy! <laughs> yeah, look, from my uh, perspective, the effort was there, and mm. we, the polish was just not. Yeah, the polish is Tyson mentioned in the group that the Pies are playing with a dry ball, and 
Geelong were playing with a bar of soap. So, mm, yes. and every time we looked like getting anywhere near close to you know a score on the board, it was every score was hard, and every time we came close, you know Collingwood would just run it down the other end, and Jack Henry <laughs> would just watch Will Hoskin Elliott take a screamer on someone's shoulders <laughs> and not provide a contest. So every time, really disappointing because I, I genuinely thought we could have won that game too, um, yeah. based of our performance from last week. So yeah, pretty unfortunate that we weren't able to capitalise in some big moments as well. And you never want to talk about the umpiring during a game there were some um interesting mm. periods during the game where the free kick differential was quite high and that is coming from a neutral perspective as well not just from a Geelong perspective I still don't think it wouldn't have uh, it would have affected the result of the game but you know you never know what happens um I still don't think Geelong were good enough on the day to actually actually win but it's one of those ones where yeah. We were clinging on for dear life for most of the game. It sides on and you're just gripping on to any hope you can and, yep. and you, just you get need like, things to go for you. Yep. And it just there were times where you just felt like we were a chance to build some momentum mm. or we had some momentum and, uh, and then you, poor execution of our skill or uh, there were some dodgy umpiring yes. decisions. Yeah, and, and, and an example of that I thought was Grind Myers getting tackled a few times and getting caught holding the ball and yeah. they they did pay them hot but about three or four times that I can remember Myers just looks up at the umpire with his puppy dog eyes and <laughs> he got caught three times last week against yeah, Brisbane he does, should have learnt mean, should yeah. have learnt you just have to make an effort you, you can't just look at them with puppy dog eyes anymore they and hate hope. that they it's, hate it it's that's like exactly right so no genuine attempt yeah and then yeah so no, I was just, just going to say but like something we've, we discussed earlier those are the kind of the silly things that they do. They go, no genuine attempt. But the guy who's just shaking about isn't really making mm. a genuine attempt. Mm. There's nowhere they can go. Grind Myers with the puppy dog. That reminds me of something that I think Alan Christensen used to always do every time mm. he got laid up in a tackle. He'd always yeah. just sit there and, yeah. and just wait if, if he hadn't gotten yeah. hit yeah. high. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but, um, and obviously yeah. losing Salwood early. Absolute shot losing your yeah. most inspirational and spiritual player early and potentially for a couple of weeks. Yeah, not good. It's it's been three or four weeks in a row where the cats have had to battle with two guys on the bench. Earlier. Yeah. yeah, so and shorty, you had to stand on Razor Ray. Yeah, well, I think uh, he paid fourteen free kicks, I believe, and only one went to us. Something along those lines. So, yeah, which is quite. I don't know how much the pies are paying, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But Jared might not like, have a word to him during yeah. the week. Joel being out for like two or three weeks, it yeah. would be interesting to change our own mindsets because normally we associate them with yeah. we're miss three games. Yeah. But now you you could miss like five. Yeah. So it's, it's mm. so different now with them all. Yeah. I think that's together. a precautious three as well because you yeah. said it wasn't that bad, but with the yeah. quick turnaround in an aging body. But that's where you'd love to see Constable and you know yeah. Clark unfortunately is out now, but Simpson, Parfit really lift and yeah, yeah, yeah. and you want those younger players pushing through. Like look at Gold Coast, look yeah, at the Bulldogs. You want Bailey Smiths and. You know what Anderson's pushing you, senior yeah. players up and, and lifting the club. And I think, well, I just mentioned the Bulldogs, so what greater segue, but they yeah. played pretty well, Tiz. They, they were very good, Lang. So, uh, demolished the Bombers by 42 points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More than taps was all I could say there. Tim English was the star of the show mm. in mine. He absolutely racked up disposals and, and had was intercepting so many marks. I don't kind of how many marks as he well. had, He was just dominating it. And it wasn't just a case of usual, oh, the Ruckman gets 40 taps. He didn't absolutely kill the Ruck to that extent, but he got tons of the ball. He was delivering to players, mm. and I thought he was the star of the show, TBH. 
Absolutely, yeah. TV, yeah. Good, good brand of football to watch. Both sides took it on and put on a good display early. Uh, dogs ran away with the game after quarter time. They fell us. That was a bit unfortunate. Um, they restricted the bombers' ball use through the corridor, which you could just see. So often the bombers just almost got a bit lost where they they wanted to go through the corridor, but the bo- the bogs, the bulldogs were all over. <laughs> they, bogs they, and the dumbers. <laughs> they uh, yeah, they were supreme at the stoppage work and um, utilised the ball much more effectively than the dons. Um, they over bombers over possessed and handled under the pressure that the dogs applied. They used the ball terribly going forward. Terrible. Um, going up. Yeah, <laughs> especially going inside 50. I would have hated to be a forward that night. Dogs dominated around the ball with plus 35 in contested possession, so absolute drubbing there. Well, we and uh, as we are mentioning about English, she was absolutely sublime with 22 touches, 7 marks, 6 clearances. 6 clearances from Ruck. And, and it was 200 supercoach points. Lance. 203. 203. Oh, the highest oh. this year. Yes, Daniel, do you still have anyone else channel? trade him out after round two? <laughs> nah, just the bloke who runs a YouTube channel about it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts, guys. At what stage did you uh, change your tip, Langus? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Tell us on the Sunday morning. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were jumping up and down going, yeah, got one back on the oh, really? leader and neck minute. Oh, by the way, boys, I just changed my tip to the side. Mate. I did tip Hawthorne. Don't yeah. forget, yeah, you, yeah, none of you true. tipped Hawthorne. I did tip North. So. And North Melbourne. North, yeah. North Melbourne. So. Can't lose um, five in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely can't lose six in a row. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, the Bombers, yeah, obviously they'd lost Shield during the week as well. And I think they'll probably do a loss in hindsight. Um, don't know what I was talking about last week. But um, <laughs> the the stat is that Luke Beveridge in his coaching tenure has not lost to the Bombers six straight. So oh, really? That's a ripper stat, isn't it? Yeah. It was a bit of a test for the Bombers, wasn't it? You know, the Bombers. Uh, probably a really good side of the Dogs, even though they've been a little bit up and down. And they failed it, really, the, the Bombers. So it was disappointing. But the Doggies are just a hard side to get a read on, aren't they? Yeah. When they're good, they're great. And you go, they could be anything. But and then they throw in performances that just are awful. But the Carlton loss, even though they got flogged, Carlton have played some good Doesn't footy. Doesn't look too so bad now. Yeah. We're constantly reassessing on different results and what means what. But they're good when they're good. Lockie Hunter's been really good since he came back in the side too. And, mm. and that's actually allowed Bontempalli and McRae to really yeah. form that cohesion they had late last year as well. And obviously Dunkley's missing from that from that mix, but I think Hunter coming back just really makes that bulldog midfield really um, dangerous again. Yeah, um, they've got pretty much four options that you could potentially tag or need to tag. It's an insane midfield because Smith has stepped up too. Absolutely, like he's oh. genuinely extremely good now. Insane, and if you pair that with the form of Tim English, it's a very formidable mm-hmm. uh, centre unit. Bryson, it's looking pretty good. GWS had uh, Brisbane hosting, and it was Lions. Once again, getting the job done over the Giants by 20 points. Yeah, Andrews breaks free is all I had to say there. I Harris want and... to break free. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Langers. Great rendition. But Harris, Harris Andrews, not only did he shut down Jeremy Cameron for a fair portion, yep. he also was attacking so much so that mm. even the the commentators I heard were saying, should someone try and defensively tag Harris Andrews? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, it's, it's it's a strange before. question. Because yeah. it was really good to see because the last few weeks he's had some kind of iffy games. Like, obviously, Tom Hawkins kicked a few bags on him. Yeah. Matt Tabernard was all okay on him too, but he... Doesn't I mean, get the Andrews is an absolute star, isn't he? And yeah. He showed that big time. Interesting, the uh, Andrews and Darcy Moore discussion. Tyson, please take it away. 
Yeah, well, the Lions got off to the hot start. They've, uh, they love their, you know, their starts. And uh, <laughs> once, once again, once again, and we're in front the whole day. Uh, Brisbane were much more effective with their ball use and ended up with nearly 60 inside 50s with less game time. So that's quite a significant number there. A Giants midfielder struggling to enter their 50, only recording 34. And we were mentioning, obviously, recently with their Hawthorne... Um, yeah, where they got 13 goals and 26 entries, mm. and they're, they're just not quite getting that uh, supply up forward to some absolute guns. So, uh, But the Giants ironically doubled the lines in centre clearances, attaining 16. Mm. So it's what are the Giants doing with the ball when they're getting it from the centre clearance? We'll, we'll delve into that in a minute. Brisbane controlled the ball much better, taking just under 100 marks, and Cornelio was really solid with 27. Bailey's really good for Brisbane, and Rayner and Cameron were live-wise up forward, both kicking multiple majors, and obviously Andrews, once again, very good. I think the big issue for GWS is that Toby Green is their best forward, and when he's out, there's so much um, more that the opposition team know what to do in regards to playing GWS. When Green's there, he's very unpredictable. They go to him a lot of the time, and... The, the opposition, which will cause confusion and therefore more score for GWS. I don't know if you guys heard Brett Delidio's comments today. Yeah, I heard those. Very interesting. Very stinging words from Delidio saying that when things go bad, they start playing for themselves, basically, and all the individual talent on that list, which they are very talented, they're a team of champions, not a champion team, essentially. Mm. So, pretty pretty harsh comment from Delidio, but I think he's pretty spot on because they do tend, when they lose, they can lose pretty bad. And, a few times this year, they've put on, I think, four lots in four different games of four-plus goal runs from the opposition mm. team. So when they when they get their heads down, they just get absolutely slammed. So Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that midfield. I mean, we talked about <laughs> last power. week, and Tice mentioned the inside 50 count, and, you know, Canelio was back in form. So it's And you look at the stats, they're not bad statistical games, but obviously as a midfield unit, they're not coming together. I mean, we saw West Coast struggle in the midfield early in the year. They mm-hmm. still had the majority of what some regard the best midfield in the comp. Yep. Similar said to the Giants, the names are there, but the results aren't. So, I mean, I don't know. Without Green, you've got Himmelberg, Finlayson. Cameron. Cameron. It's pretty yep. top-heavy. Not too much. I mean, Lloyd mentioned it on Access All Areas. There's not too much chasing going on, but they miss Zach Williams a lot too. I, I didn't catch Access All Areas. There was just a sports bet ad over the whole thing. <laughs> I, saw, I didn't realise we were giving plugs to other shows. Sports bet everywhere. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm trying to think of that other GWS forward kick the winning goal in the Brisbane finals. Yeah, I don't feel like they're getting much out of him. No, he's been very quiet this and year. And their department's garbage. It's rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. Mumford does all the hard stuff, but I don't think he... I think he pretty much just... Is listed to play against Brody Grundy this year. Yeah, 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 <laughs> that, yeah. that was it. He's played his one good game. <laughs> they need to sort something out there. Yeah, yeah they almost need Rory Love back in the ruck and yeah. providing that extra tall midfield marking player. Yeah, well, he wouldn't wouldn't hurt to have in their <laughs> side at all. <laughs> yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting. They've potentially squandered a big chance at a premiership with the list they have, which is a big call because they were mm. thereabouts last year. Obviously, with you know they got blown away in the grand final, but with the list they have, some of the performance they've put in. You know, recently haven't been what it should be with the talent on that list. Maybe they need a bit of a camp after losing oh. a grand final, going to camp and near some trees and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ferrari's going off track for a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going to be crazy. But um, we'll further go to Sydney and Gold Coast. I'll tell you what, boys. Gold Coast came out with the chocolates 
with a 32-point victory. Yeah, it was crazy, wasn't it? Suns guarantee excitement. After that game, the last few weeks, I can just see they're, they're amazing. They're one of the most exciting teams to watch, I think, mm. in footy. They're smooth, they're clean, they could... They're not afraid to have a trick have shot a crack, yeah. if they want to. Yeah. The thing we were talking about last week where players get it all coached out of them, mm. the Suns, they don't seem they seem to be playing with passion and, and like actual, you know, enthusiasm and it's yeah. great to see. Yeah. Entertaining game of football this one. Uh, Gold Coast were never behind this game and kicked a few late to bump up the margin. Alongside four goals on the trot in the second term to help set up the win for G C. <laughs> Rankin, Rankin, superb again in his second game of football. 16 disposals, two goals, and boy, that was superb once again. Uh, Park was really good with 27, and Greenwood, Hugh, is doing really well. He, he, uh, A tackle machine. He, he really is, because he got 23 um, possessions and another 12 tackles, so he's just loving it, loving the body on body. I think those experienced ins for Gold Coast and Greenwood and Alice have been really good for them this year and just helped give them you know, a steadying light towards success basically and, and you know show those young players that are around you can put Jared Witts in that category as well and Dave Swallow's an experienced player now but you've got all these kids coming through and it's just like bang they're they're there and they've all sort of blossomed together Rankin's an absolute excitement machine that you know you thought that first goal off the ground was good and he's kicked two goals in two weeks off the ground out of the pack and it was very deliberate mind you but that that second goal I don't know if you saw it but he actually demanded space be made for him in that stoppage Someone blocked Nick Blakey for him and he just ran through cleanly and he actually called that and it was a very deliberate play. So that's just as hard to do at a stoppage when opposition shouldn't be letting that happen. They say he's a bit of an NBA star. Mate, let, let him do what he wants. You know, he calls plays. <laughs> yeah. His under-18 highlights just were swagger central. But Swag central. It's interesting those names you mentioned that are stepping up and Lukosius yeah. is a beauty. He's, he's going to be saucy. an absolute jet. But... You know, you think probably David Swallow was going to be the next superstar and Tuke Miller was super promising and Lockie Waller, all playing real good footy, but they're actually not the superstars that maybe we thought. Like, they're still contributing really, really well, mm-hmm. but it's like this next wave of Raul and Rankin and Lukosius and, you know, Greenwood's come to the club. And so, yeah, it's just yeah. interesting that maybe those heroes that we thought were going to be playing good, but it's this next wave that are playing that exciting footy. King. It's the big name oh, yeah. you didn't say oh, yeah. 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 He is Missed looking him. a star. Yeah. And if could you imagine what would happen if he actually went to the Saints at something no. at some point? That no, Max is coming up to Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he I'd... wants the sunshine. He wants to get a tan. He wants the anonymity. <laughs> <laughs> Are you anonymity? <laughs> anonymity. Anonymity. And the Suns look like they're going to be freaking amazing yeah. <laughs> so move over Giants the Suns are going to win a flag oh, before you well, yeah. oh, that is a huge call actually that's, a, good that's a massive call we should debate that next that time. is a great discussion topic another senior player just before we move on Sam Day as well oh, really yeah. really come together and has provided that second forward target for mm-hmm. them leads up the ground really well in a centre half forward role and combines really well with the inexperience but yeah. exciting king and he's a bit more experienced but just does that with how well he's playing it's I've lost my favourite rhyming player in two metre Peter. Yeah. He's not playing anymore. But he's another that's one a big one. Like once upon a time hero. I mean, once they get George Holland Smith back into that midfield. Geelong should put oh, a couple, Jordan Murdoch. Put a couple calls to uh, Peter Wright and just see because we almost drafted him as well. We almost drafted him. Yeah. We wanted him in the draft. Yeah. 
I think we picked someone else who is no longer at the club that in front of him. So call. Mm, we'll have to Get double Walesy check on that. The phone, uh, Steve, yeah, Chris Scott just calls Wellesley at like two AM. Like Stephen, have you got? Uh, <laughs> have you got, <laughs> got too many Peter on your uh, sites there. But no, I was sure you're saying like that. You know, those stars or or players we thought going to be absolute superstars. They're just they're doing their they're playing their role, and mm. everyone's sort of lifting up. You know, for that five ten percent altogether, it uh, accumulates quite significantly. But we move on to a disappointing football club at the moment, oh. and it's not Richmond. <laughs> Mitchman. Richmond, Richmond had North Melbourne, North Melbourne, and Tigers got the job done by nine goals. Yeah, Cubs lead pack. This were three words there. Yeah, nice. It wasn't just the classic old Cochins and Dusties. Old Cochin wasn't even playing, of course. Yeah. But it wasn't just oh, these are the star guys playing. It was the young up and coming guys that were actually showing themselves to be pretty good is what I really um, found from that game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, North have gone down for the fifth week in a row and uh, in a world of trouble with a mounting injury list. Richmond again playing with that attacking style and high-pressure sort of game style. Uh, North kicked a measly two goals, so kicked 2-11, I believe. Um, so they were very inaccurate. And, um, yeah, it's not very good going forward. Uh, and they just can't pick a winner up forward. The Tigers recorded 51 inside 50s and were able to give their forwards much better opportunities with the supply given to them. North battled okay in the contest but turned it over far too often with poor ball use. Um, Higgins and Dumont held their heads high up for North. I'm going to need your assistance here, Langs, but uh, Grimes was solid as ever with 19 disposals and 9 marks. And you'll be able to help me pronounce this other player who was very impressive with 23 positions. I believe positions. it is Derek Egamalese-Smith. Thank you very much for your insightful assistance. Thank you. <laughs> insightful. Um, yeah, he was fantastic. And um, what I did see of access all areas through the sport that uh, Matthew Lloyd was saying, um, Richmond have got a very defined structure. So Derek EG comes in for yeah. Hawley. Shy Bolton does his best for Trent Cotchen's role. Noah Bolter, well. Noah Bolter and maybe Orchold do their best Toby Nankervis impression. So the structure doesn't change too much. They just do the same thing. The, the The floor plan is there. They just fill the role and they do their best. Chol was actually really good. Yeah, Bolter's been good. Well, yep. Shy Bolton's been good. Mm. Egg was good. Um, Egg, I like it. Jake Arts had about eight million shots at goal and missed Work a lot of them. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> need more funding for the Arts. Um, um, he was replacing Shane Edwards' role as a as a pressure forward, and he he laid a lot of tackles. He kicked mm. two goals, but he missed a couple others. But he's there as that pressure forward. So their structure is there, and and that's really good from a neutral perspective to see that how you know well coached and professional their structure is and their game plan and that's why they are winning games now well you're right it's no accident that they've been so successful because they do I've never seen a side just just roll through I don't always subscribe to the oh, soldier out soldier in but mm. they do it as they well do. as any side I've ever seen and it it annoys the hell out of me to be yeah, honest yeah it's frustrating but, I just want them to lose <laughs> I mean they, they they did what Richmond do but North were awful I mean they there's awful. nothing worse Awful, being that poor, but not realizing it. No, they didn't expect to be mm. where they are. They thought they were a chance to push for finals. They didn't trade off some of their guns last year, like a Brown, a Higgins. There were offers. What a gold scene of the Cats, mate! Yeah, yeah. Goldie. Oh, gee, you know they mate. thought they were going places. They came back against the Saints, and we talk about the shin bone of spirit. Well, stuff that. There is no spirit in that yeah. side at the moment. They were trading in Jared Pollock and they've got no Jasper Pittard, Pittard. Simpkin. Other than that, there's no it, it young feels up and coming. Clubs. We're a long way away from a few weeks ago when we were trying to talk up that the fact that they didn't have the big names, but they're all yeah. playing really well and they had some young up and comers. But 
young kids can only show that spark every now and like you can't expect mm. them to always be the consistent superstars unless you know they're Matty Rao. Yeah. <laughs> Curtis but, Taylor was good for them. He, he, he he's got a rising yeah. star nomination this year. He's been good, yeah. but yeah, you're right. Zerhar was out. I don't know if he's really a young player anymore. He's, he's almost yeah. an experienced player in their team. It's a shame because Todd Goldstein's having a fantastic individual season. He's he's the highest ranked player in the competition. He's leading clearances really? for the Cole Comp. So he's having a great yeah. year. Simpkins been really good. Mm. What's happened to Ben Brown? Oh, oh. I was just going to post the that best exact same best so, forward so in the competition, Bob. wasn't he, Brown, guys? Yeah. Like you sixty goals always last guarantee three years. him kicking a bag or kicking straight. Yeah. He's missing set shots from right in front of the goal and stuff like that. There's now. some delivery. Found out, like There's I some think. delivery issues inside 50 as well. But when he does get it, he's not doing anything with it. His work rate. Don't know if that's the same. He's a fairly one-dimensional player too. Yeah. And it's a good dimension. Like he, <laughs> it's a great he runs up, leads all day, yeah. hard, good hands, and he's a really nice kick. But we're not seeing, and it's partly the the team's form and delivery, mm-hmm. but. He's out of sorts, like you said, Chuck. Even when he got the ball, his confidence is that low that he missed two that he would just put straight through the middle most days. Like yeah, most you, days last year. You, can, you know that you tend to say sometimes the person has the maneuverability of, of, a, of a container ship. Yeah, he has the maneuverability of a shipping container. Oh, wow, <laughs> he's just a big block, not moving. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't go off the line, does he? <laughs> no, too agile, and that's why we didn't get all Australian last year because Tom Hawkins brings oh, his teammates into the game. That is exactly Whoa. right, and people couldn't see that. Oh my! And goodness. no, no, Larky. I don't think of late probably see hasn't Larky. really no. helped uh, a lot either. But yeah, if you're getting chances that close to goal, obviously means he's got a bit of the yips and uh, really down on confidence. So mm. they miss Jared Waite. <laughs> yeah, they won so many games when he played. The percentage skyrocketed when he played. Carlton had Port Adelaide. Well, we what a game this was. This was yeah, it had to be matched around. Port Adelaide scraped home by three points. Yeah. Warts and all. This was the best game of the season, of the even. And this there was clearly issues. We had near the end of the game where Robbie Gray and Co were just missing mm. goals and missing everything. We'll but in the that, end yeah. of the day, it was exciting. It was good football. This is what AFL is. There's warts in every game, but mm. there's also those moments and that ferocity. And it was exciting as all the, hell. The diamond in the rough. Oh, it was beautiful. An absolute heart stopper, ladies and gentlemen. Paul, Paul kicked the first four, and the Blues fought back big time, returning serve. From then on, it was a tight margin all day. Um, Carlton had a fair bit of control in the final turn, but were unable to shut the power off. So um, Port Adelaide then overwhelmed the Blues with a number of entries and crucial one-on-one wins around the ground. Uh, They missed some sitters late, which could have ended the game, but it took an after-the-siren job from Robbie Gray, Robbie Great, to seal the victory. Uh, Charlie Dixon was a standout kicking 3-4, potentially... Could have, um, won the game. should have won the game. <laughs> should have won the game, but that's okay. Defense was rock solid for Port with Burton Jonas recording 40 touches and 18 marks between them. Um, we were talking about Carlton's ability in the first quarter to pretty much determine the outcome of the game for them. And I thought it was a really mature response to Port Adelaide's first three goals to then just absolutely get on a run out of nowhere and all the momentum flipped on like a switch mm. and just came with them and you know it was sparked by Eddie Betts he's still he's still doing absolute magic tricks in the forward line Mitch McGovern was pretty good in that uh, first quarter as well and from there it was a really close battle and it looked like it was going to be a very high scoring game in the first quarter but I think Port had to flip their own switch and sort of <laughs> change the game style at quarter time but mm. yeah, it was fantastic to see Carlton not 
just, you know, follow that script of just getting blown out the water because I think that was a very pivotal moment for their season. They are a legitimate finals contender this year mm. and uh, Port struggled to beat them and it only took a miracle after the, after the siren for them to win. I think what many people have been saying is this is an actual honourable loss. You know, not those sort of cheesy ones that you'd say when you're a team that's really bad and you almost, you know, don't lose by 50 points. This was a game that they had it within their grasp. Yes, they still lost, but it's one of those ones that you can actually almost tick it and say, we, we actually put in some effort. But at the same time, they they screwed up. At the same well, I was, I was going to say, there was, there was a couple of decisions late that really cost them. David Cunningham kicking... Mm. Keep trying to kick a goal in the, with a minute 40 to go on the clock. He had a man 20 metres in the yeah, clear in the forward line. Going, I think. Yeah. Absolutely could have just taken 30 seconds off the clock and potentially kicked a goal and iced the game then and there. And obviously Michael Gibbons, the last stanza, kicked it down the line and had yeah. a quick look in board and could have hit a couple of players up and Jonas marked it. And it was very similar play to... Uh, the West Coast Eagles oh, in the yeah, in the grand final with their yeah. Jonas Marks, and then mm. you almost needed Willie Rowley to come out of nowhere and, <laughs> and block uh, Plowman on Robbie Graves <laughs> to get the mark. But yeah. I don't mind. It's the last one, isn't it? I don't mind yeah. Cunningham necessarily backing yeah. himself and having the shot and and the down the line kick. You know, it's it's better to find a mark, but maybe there wasn't someone on. I'm not sure, but wasn't there Mackay, Pitnett? Someone else, yeah, they didn't even. Yeah, they didn't even contest. You don't yeah. have to mark it; just don't yeah. let the opposition. If that's a ground ball again, like there's <laughs> yeah. three instances where they could have just killed it. You know, yeah. Cunningham, uh, Gibbons, and then if they fly there and ground ball, it's potentially a win as well for them. Yeah, but within forty meters, there's not too many other guys you'd want kicking <laughs> after the siren, no. <laughs> particularly no. from a tightish angle. Yeah, which he missed an opportunity to oh. sew the game up. He, too unselfish, giving it off to Marshall. Why is he giving it Get to Marshall? Get out of there, Todd. Robbie <laughs> Todd. should have just gone. Sorry, mate. Yeah, and I'm he could believe it too. Could I think it surprised Marshall as yeah. well. But, um, I don't think Marshall was expecting Gray to give it oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, I think he yeah. genuinely thought that Gray was just going to kick it and should have because he, he was standing should've. in the goal square by himself, Gray, essentially. That was Gray's mistake. Yeah. I know Marshall still should have kicked it. But yeah. Yeah. Crazy game. Yeah, just, just take the moment. And, I mean... Good thing that he did in the end, and oh yeah, you, you felt pretty confident with Gray. Like, if there was any other guy, you know, going for goal, he would have just loved Robbie Gray kicking it, and he's mm. just, he's one of the best Port Adelaide players ever, yeah. arguably the best. Yeah, I was just listening on the radio, yeah. ran myself a nice little bath, and was just in the bath. Oh, oh nice. Want to paint that picture for everyone uh, listening, but Terry Wallace said it's an impossible kick, and then uh, <laughs> yeah. Robbie yeah. Gray slotted it. Just while we're on Carlton and Port Adelaide, too, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Walsh and Rosie. Well, yeah. I think we just got to answer an answer back as to yeah. who might be leading that race. But yeah, Walsh was fantastic. Two goals and one of the most courageous marks. I think someone yeah. was talking about it being in Jonathan Brown and Nick Rewalt levels Ooh, yeah. of courageousness. I don't necessarily quite agree with that, but quite, yeah. certainly a great show of leadership from young Samuel Walsh, who looked like he had a chip on his shoulder too, because that first goal he celebrated. Yeah, that was. That's what I like. I want yeah, to I reckon. He's very nice. I reckon the, the Rosie thing would have been brought up before yeah. that game too. Yeah. So I liked it. Interesting. Some real vigor from Walshy. Hawthorne had Melbourne, and the D's they had a chip on their shoulder. And uh, got the job done by 43 points, a big win. Yep. A reference, a bit of a callback in a way to something we said previously. D's off paper. They're finally off the paper there. We, we've made a few calls about, oh, they have a great team on paper, but they haven't been yeah. able to do anything. Yep. 
they got off the paper and they were led their way by Christian Petrarca, in my mm. opinion, who was a beast all over the field. Tears, yeah. run us through what happened, mate. Good one. Melbourne put on a clinic uh, to give the Hawks their third loss in a row and three very disappointing losses in a row to the Hawks. We'll um, delve into them probably a little bit later. The Ds were brutal in the contest and their run in the spread proved to be too much for the Hawks. Their pressure was also exceptional, which stunned Hawthorne at times. Plus 13 in clearances, plus 25 contested possessions, plus 10 marks inside 50, plus 21 inside 50s in favour of the Ds are some damning stats, boys. Didn't realise we were doing maths. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's coming out of nowhere. Gorn was unreal with 22 disposals, 8 marks. Petrarca was God with 29 disposals <laughs> and a goal. Uh, Clarko and his group have a lot of work on their hands. I don't know if that was a typo, having God written there, or if you meant to say good, but it's accurate. He was godlike. It was he's big. kicked That's to Wiedemann. He's yeah, 50, 55 out, and he kicks yeah. in between the Hawks player and spears it to Wiedemann. Yeah. That, that was beautiful to watch. No, Petrarca's definitely arrived. It's great to see. He's teased and promised for so long, and so much talk about his tank and whether he can do this or do that, but he's finally in midfield and he's dominating, but... The Hawks have been all over it uh, in terms of the media, and it's oh, I quite like seeing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a getting questioned. Yeah. Jeffy Kennett saying all sorts of stuff, <laughs> and they're too old. They're struggling, but they're not rebuilding. But uh, yeah, we'll look on the positives. Melbourne were great, and they needed to be after some poor form. From a super coach perspective, Daniel, oh, yeah. we were talking about Petraka at the start of the year, oh, and yes. someone was uh, comparing his numbers to Patrick Dangerfield, and this was the year mm. that. Dangerfield exploded onto the scene at Adelaide and, yeah. and Petrarca's numbers are going in that same direction. Like you just said, I think he's arrived now mm. as that you know Dustin Martin, Dangerfield type, mid-forward, explosive, powerful, brings mm. their team into the game, kicks yep. goals, does all the hard stuff. Jack Varney was very hard as well. Yes. It Claret- takes a game like this to put him on <laughs> well, the map. But he's, as we know, his season to this round was really really good too yeah and Melbourne have turned their season around in general they were they were potentially staring down a Gold Coast loss which would have sent them into an absolute frenzy but since that they've come back really strong Um, I think Melbourne do have some really good players in their team Um, Jay Lockhart off the halfback flank was really good I thought as well um yeah. Wouldn't be getting too carried away with the days it was a good win no but what they can do absolutely but but this year, anything it. can this happen, Daniel. Can. Anything can could, happen. Could they get on a roll? And an interesting one, someone mm. brought up, I'm not sure if they've got the wins in the bank for this, but someone brought up with how Lockie Neal seems to be the only player that's had some consistent great form. Could the big ruckman, Maxi Gorn, be a contender in the Brownlow this year? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, yeah I seriously think so. Yeah. He was dominant. Like, we mm. talked about Petrarca, but Gorn was almost... Like equally, he could get the three. He yeah. Got, yeah, he took intercept marks. He All took attacking it marks. It was amazing what he was doing. I remember yeah. there was a back and forth between him and James Sicily where yeah. they both kicked it like fifty-five meters back to each other like two times. Yeah. Well, right now, I think Grundy's the third best ruck in the comp. Yeah, which is quite interesting. I mean, I mean poten- if, right now, and Grundy's better than English potentially, overall. Potentially fourth if you Holy include. Molly, who are you including? Well, Gold, Goldstein's been the best ruck this year. <laughs> Oh, Goldie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. always Gorn, disregard him. English yeah. and Grundy, I think, for this year, which is insane to say. It would be great to see Ruckman poll a bit better. Yes, yeah. Last year, we kind of got it a little bit more, but it, yeah, I'd love to see it. 
It's going to be a tough uh, night, Brownlow night. Who do you give the three and the two to? Because I'll tell yeah, you what, Max Gorn set up everything, but Petrarca was finishing yeah, explosive. Everything. So <laughs> The fun thing, though, by Brownlow night will be like, what was this game again? What happened? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Most likely. But, uh, yeah, the Hawks, uh, they've been under fire. How many times did it go to Clarko in the box? And just, <laughs> yeah, the I love those. Like, was on him was, they always uh, used to do it to Buckley when Collingwood were in strife. Yeah, and, yeah. and Clarko's just like... <laughs> yeah, it, it's got... Weighing up everything. <laughs> like, the, they are in no man's land at the moment. They've got a very they've got the second oldest list in the comp, and they're, they're not very competitive at I the moment. I think half that's just Burgoyne, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Burgoyne is, is older in terms of the... The list there, but um, and then it's just got nothing really in between that sort of, um, you know, that twenty-four to twenty-nine range as well. well. I didn't so, mean to shush you. I was going to say shout out to Will Day as well, who in his second yeah, really game good. was probably Hawthorne's best player, other than Sicily for the second week in a row. So they do have some youth yeah. there, and the Hawks fan are calling for the youth. It's amazing that it took them two seasons to drop Paul Puopolo. Oh, yes. oh my god! <laughs> Thirty was he thirty-two yeah. years old and yeah. hasn't done it. Thing. I always thought he was like a younger player and then I looked him up his age one time and I'm like wow he's just not he that good like yeah is he yeah. after the sample, didn't yeah he? they miss Impey as well yes be, yeah. yep mm, absolutely but yeah they were a long way off the pace also course. two weeks in a row that they lost a key forward in the first quarter so that that is also hard oh, structurally yeah, yeah. that doesn't help no, certainly Jackie doesn't. Gunston, does it <laughs> well, who, who ended up with three with the key forwards though that's something that was an interesting point that I've heard people say. Is they say, who are their key forwards? Because mm. who they got, they got, is it Mitch Lewis and O'Brien? Lewis, O'Brien and Patton. And yeah, Patton, of course. Yeah. But I guess they were really banking on Patton to be fit and firing because yeah. they don't have the names of no key forward that you're going to say, oh yeah, it's always going to go down Jeremy Cameron's throat or it's yeah. always going to go down. Two young guys who literally I was watching the footy with family and they said, they don't have a key forward, do they? Yeah. And it's like, oh no, they got these guys and they go, who? They're a bit of a tease, aren't they? Mitch Lewis kicked three on Blitzarves in his first year and got a Rising Star nomination, so I think he's probably your best bet from this point. Well, that's the thing. There is talent there, mm. but when are they going to take that step consistently? Well, Lewis has barely played then as well because yeah. they've got Patton, so... Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, and Gunson was sort of left one out. He kicked three, which was pretty good in the sort of delivery they got. So. Gunson's just the one He's good bloke that they just send everyone to plug the holes. It's like a leaking ship and Clark is just yeah. like plugging Gunston's into all the holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know why they ever put him behind the ball oh. when he can kick goals like that and he kicked three straight on the weekend. So he, he was okay on a dull day for the Hawks. But the final game that we're going to review for this week, uh, Fremantle and West Coast, it was West Coast getting the job done by five goals. Back in town. Expand on this for us, Tiz. Ten derby wins in a row for West Coast. Uh, the Eagles are back in town physically and metaphorically, Chuck. They are, they are looking the goods. Three wins in a row like the Tigers. They're hitting prime form. Josh Kenny played in game 250 and starred. He is um, a wonderful man. Kicked four goals for. <laughs> uh, the Eagles were able to repel from Frio's mistakes and play that kick mark game. They like to play recording 111 marks, quite exceptional numbers, and uh, just shows precise ball movement and not enough um, work rate from the Dockers. Eagles' pressure was really solid as well, which forced turnover and um, yeah, get their intercepts marks up almost. So that was really good. Tim Kelly was dynamic in the clinches, uh, got 18 touches and five clearances, but the the quality of his clearances, like they were 
perfect Nick Nat taps, and then he was just running out of the stoppages. It was beautiful to watch. Shepard was brilliant with 23 touches and 10 marks, and um, that were, were really good. Shepard's so, a very underrated player, I think. Yeah, he was charted very, very high, but um, he's absolutely delivered beautifully the last few years. Mm. All the ingredients were there, weren't they? Like Tiz said, most of them, but for a good West Coast performance, it's high marks, and I think all their midfield guns sheet, and uh, Yo and Kelly all had yeah, good Cal- numbers. Kelly's yeah, getting better every sure game. He was laid out, I think. Yep. But, um, about and midfield. you've got some you know, goal kickers <laughs> up forward that bounce back to yeah. who had been struggling a touch. So the Dockers just, they really struggle. There's no real Jets out there. I mean, Walters, mm. and honestly, that's, that's a bad... Tabina for the first five minutes. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, they, like they just Harry. miss. There's a lot... Of, <laughs> aren't too bad in yeah. terms of like looking towards a couple of years. I think yeah. there's some good youngsters there, and they've been okay at times and then they fluctuate with their youth and that but uh, without Fife they need two Walters <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and their key backs as well obviously no Hamling I'm just trying to think of the other um, <laughs> there we go it's, it's not a big one Alex yeah. Pierce uh, yes, yeah Pierce and Hamling they're obviously missing those two Brennan Cox and, is and playing centre half back <laughs> on, not, not yeah. centre Collins this week Brennan Cox is playing centre half back on Jack Darling and he's given up like yeah. 10 centimetres so yeah. Not good. Yeah. yeah, maybe they shouldn't have brought five key forwards, second rate key forwards. Into yeah. The club. So, <laughs> well, well they got you know Shane Kirstens and Rory Lobs and <laughs> Cam McCarthy's and Hogan's. Like, yeah, yeah. how about you just get a one good one and then <laughs> use the rest of your money to get some quality mids? Bring Pat back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've tried over the years, Chuck. They tried to get Cloak for years and they they couldn't yeah. get the job done. But tried to get Harry Taylor. Harry yeah. Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like full forward, but. Um, yeah, no, the Eagles, yeah, they're, they're looking good. Uh, are they back in town, though? We've seen a couple of good wins. Um, they're, they're slowly, they're doing what they need to do. And um, I think last night's performance was a bit of a representation of sort of the, the style of footy that they like to play. And they're just, just starting to get that engine going. Yeah, I, th- I mean, they're not fully back, but they're pretty close. I mean, I think they were disgruntled at times and they probably thought, yeah, this hub thing was very tough for them to get on board with, but yeah, they certainly haven't won enough big games yet, or really knocked off a huge opponent in like a high quality game. But it looked more like the West Coast mm. that we know is real good. Yeah, well, their spread was really good. Mm. So, shorty, we're we're talking about whether we think they're a contender or not. This, yeah, well, well, I wanted to get your thoughts. On the contenders, and that is a pretty nice chooky segue. He's the segue <laughs> master. He knew it, he just delivered the microphone my way, and I knew it was time to talk contenders. And I'd love to hear it. I mean, I, I want to get a. What are we? Seven rounds in. It's you know, it's a bit close. Halfway ish. Yeah, close yeah, to halfway. It's the new halfway mark coming up, so I thought it'd be interesting to get a bit of a flag tip, but more so, who are the the genuine contenders? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even three to four clubs that you feel like could be in the uh, preliminary final weekend. Yep. If I'm going to go for my hot favourite at the moment, I'm going to go for the Brisbane Lions. Mm. Yep. I just think they're showing excitement. They've got talent on every every line. Mm. So up forward, line? they've got tons of... <laughs> hey. They're just... They're looking powerful. They're looking strong. They're looking confident as ever. They've had a couple slips. They had a slip up against the Cats. But the thing is... I do think the Cats is a team that could contend against the Lions and the like, but mm. they're just too inconsistent if we, for if mine. We get there. 
they're too inconsistent yes. for mine, and I think Brisbane will basically be unstoppable in my mind. Oh, I like so that. we talk That's about like... when we talk about good teams, we talk about their strengths, and you don't lose premiership with strengths; you lose them with weaknesses. So where do we see Brisbane's weaknesses? Probably key forward. Yep, I would say. Yep. Yeah, no, need more from McStay and Hipwood regularly to probably that we know big forwards can win finals as we saw in the grand final. Uh, Jackie Boy slotted five. We saw Tom Lynch kick five in a final as well against a team that we like. So, uh, yeah, it can't all be left to Charlie Cameron, but um, like their midfield and defence is fine, I think. Yeah. More than fine. <laughs> oh, it's pretty much perfect, yeah, isn't it? Like good. you look through their midfield and, you know, Lyons isn't a household name and mm. he's the second best midfielder pretty yeah. much he this year. no so one talks about him yeah. Harris Andrews fantastic Darcy Garden has had a fantastic year no one talks about him as well Yeah, but yeah McStay and McGo <laughs> and Hipwood yeah they, they can be hit and miss McClig he's dropped off the last couple of he weeks has. he's dropped off the he's last couple of weeks but yeah he, he is a saucy uh, prospect um, talking about saucy prospects you know whose hat I've been wearing all year and no who <laughs> if we're talking about you know teams that you know have just got it right at the right time are the lights flickering right now yeah mate the power it's not going out mate it's surging alright the power I've said it all year I said it ages ago this could be the year that Port could do something crazy a team could do something crazy I think that team is Port they, they've they showed that they can contend with the big boys they beat Brisbane they've played one bad quarter all year that was that second quarter against mm. Brisbane and they got blown out of the water and the you rest wasn't too bad. Wagon. You didn't Mate, I'm you, driving you, this truck. You built, <laughs> it's like a yeah, d- yeah, yeah. freight train. Get out of the way, Koshy. Ken's in the passenger seat. Ken hanging out. No, I, I just think they've... And it, a lot of it depends on the form of and fitness of Charlie Dixon, yes. which which is definitely a weakness because yep. if they lose Dixon, they're, they're out the door. If Geelong lose Tom Hawkins, they can still contend unless you're in a final against Richmond. But <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I just think they've got it all right this year. Clurie, mm. Jonas have been fantastic. Trent McKenzie's been a great addition to their team. He had five disposals in the third quarter against Carlton, stopped two goals. Kane Farrell's kicking goals out of nowhere from the Sandfall. Mm. Travis Boak is a, is a premier midfield in the comp and yeah. would be a worthy recipient of a Brownlow this year. Robbie Gray hasn't set the world on fire, but we, we can see what he does this year. Rosie's fallen off the hill a little bit. He'll come back in finals. He's a big game player. And Zach Butters has gone past Rosie, I think, yeah. for this year in terms of form. He's been fantastic as well. And they got Dersma back. I just think they've got a lot of good kids. Todd Marshall's been good this year as well. Um, do you guys see any other weaknesses for Port or any other thoughts there? I think the midfield potentially... Yep. It, it does bat pretty deep. Yes. Just depending if there is enough class in there. But I agree. I mean, they... Yep. I'm not going to uh, fault them too much, but potentially the midfield. But there is upside in Wines as well. Yes. And they do have depth. I mean, Rockcliffe Rockcliffe's isn't even not aside, in the team. But just where there's enough top end talent aside from Boke, but at the moment it's working. Absolutely. And it's going yeah. very nicely. Maybe it could be a bit one pace in the midfield, but it's not having many dramas at the moment. So, um, And they definitely need to be on top, and most teams to win any game. <laughs> you need to be on top in the midfield to, to get the job done. So um, that speed and spread from the contest. Their defence seems to be going really well and they've got obviously a number of household names up for that can really um, deliver a punch. But I have gone with the Collingwood Magpies for the the flag up. From day dot, their skills have been absolutely exceptional. We we saw 
first hand against the Tigers in a very, very low-scoring game. Uh, total aggregate of 72 points. That was a draw. But I, I love the way they use the ball. I love the mix that they've got. The pressure that they apply, and they've done it over a number of years, probably the last 10, 15 years, they've had the type of pressure that stacks up in finals. I thought you were talking about public pressure. but Well, it could be that too, but uh, <laughs> primarily referring to um, yeah, the on the field. And um, obviously, Dugowie out for a little while is going to hurt them, but I think they've got quite a dynamic forward line. Their midfield bats as deep as a West Coast um, as well and also Brisbane. So they've just got so many really good names that can roll through and they'll get some players back. Their defence is absolutely sublime. Uh, Roughhead's just become yeah, an absolute rock. Really good. And Darcy They Moore's. got him for pick 100 and something. Roughhead. What, what a pick. That's yeah, nuts. it's pretty good. I thought he was garbage. Yeah. He's yeah. just produced his yeah. great, great defensive stuff, form. Yeah. He's kept Lyndon Dunn out of the side. Lyndon who? And Darcy Moore's gone to another level. Maynard and Chris have gone to another level. And You've just got all these guys just playing really good footy in their, their forward line. Whether or not you have Mason Cox in there, I don't know. But they've um, yeah, they probably missed a chance there with losing to the Giants last year. But um, right up to their ears, I think. Well, I think that's probably their one weakness is their forward line. Dugowie's yeah. obviously out now with that finger tendon injury. Cox coming back in, you can make an argument that he takes two defenders and, and leaves them to play their small forward attacking game, but you can't have a player in your team that doesn't do, not anything, but doesn't, you know, contribute. He do yeah, he certainly doesn't do enough. When he does get it in his hands, he kicks goals. He's, he's a fantastic kick a goal but I think to goey and my checks that that's your two forwards that you want to yeah, go with yeah my checks great Stevenson hmm. is is upside there as well I don't know if Elliot he played a bit more midfield too but yeah yeah no, Josh Dacos has pretty much replaced Elliot yeah. in the forward line he's been pretty good too apparently look out for Dacos yeah wow well, that's that's crazy hearing yeah. that talk yeah um, and to finally um, cap that one off I mean the Pies you've barely been able to score 40 points against them so as we know defence wins premierships and um, they can generally get their attacking game going that's with losing Howe as well yeah no uh, no Jezelinko Howe so um, <laughs> that I reckon the Pies are looking really good this year alrighty I'm on the Pies as well if I'm giving a tip right here right now Ooh, I think I thought we were going to get our chance of like doing West one Coast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nah. West Coast a chance later uh, look West Coast they still need to do a little bit of convincing, but yeah. I mean, I saw obviously playing the Cats. We saw Collingwood firsthand there and, and got a really good look at them, and they were just they were sharp. They moved the ball as good as I've seen, and all the points we just discussed. But it's an exciting premiership because I'm a massive fan of the Bulldogs. It's kind of rude we haven't even mentioned Richmond. If if anyone breaks yeah. through the Tigers right now and they're listening, they're thinking you guys are fools. You haven't even mentioned us. Um, West Coast clearly, if they keep building, we can't see um, into the future though. So it is hard to surely Richmond yeah. can't repeat what they did last year with the amount of injuries they had. I didn't think I could do it last year. No, so. <laughs> but we, I know what you mean. You know, yeah. we're, we're saying this now, but you know, if Richmond get all their players back, you know, of course they could they're contend if if, mm. if they get back. But yeah. We're yeah. not c- completely discounting them. It's an interesting thing with the Tigers in that it, like, they de- like they dropped so many of those young guys mm. and then they're all back in the team all of a sudden and they're playing good again. Like it's yeah. Was that a wake-up call that they needed or have they kind of just hit that spark and they're just playing well again? It's it's an interesting yeah, one because obviously Higgins and Rioli and all those sort of guys are playing mm. good again football. Yep. Is it just because the, the coaching has got them right again or... Are they actually like coming coming for us? Yeah, I think there's a bit of natural improvement from that youth, and 
like we touched on earlier, they play to that structure and they were probably a bit flat. I reckon there was a bit of annoy annoyance, if that's the term. I mean, the they, they, had this, they had this comp worked out. They were flying pre-COVID. Mm. They were the best team in it. Let's, you know, let's get stuck in this because we know our system works. We're better than the rest of you. Then it all changed. It all got turned on its head. So maybe they were a bit disgruntled about that, but they've settled. They've grouped it all together. Someone put and, a rocket up them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're... They've found their rhythm again. Yeah, they've done very well. And I think depending on when the grand finals played, we'll obviously have a big determination because if you're playing at the Gabba, Brisbane are. Yeah. And if Brisbane are there, you know they're they're pretty difficult to beat. Um, unless you're playing Absolutely. unless you're playing Richmond, who have beaten them there since 2010. Geelong will want the grand final at the SCG. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we're home home game, they've won three three their lengths in the last hundred or so years. So um, mm. absolutely, we'd want it at the SCG. Well, that's right. If it's in Western Australia, on the Eagles, in yeah. Brisbane, if it's at the Gabba. And, if it's at Wayne Garada, then who knows? <laughs> Nobody maybe, wins. Maybe the Crows. It's at Wayne Garada. Oh, it's a pretty yeah. good discussion to have, yes. and obviously there's a whole second half of the year to uh, take into account. But um, I think before we get into the the tips, we're going to take a little break so we can say goodbye to our dear friend Riley, who's heading <laughs> heading home for his little birthday party, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, cheers, boys. It's your uh, it's your birthday today, mate. So happy birthday. Happy Hope birthday, the um, sugar cats can get a win for you on monday which is like eight years away so um we're just going to go into a quick break well looking into next week we've got uh round eight coming up gents and we've got gold coast and the western bulldogs and this game's at metricon stadium i am going the bulldogs i've they're a bit inconsistent but like what they've done and i think their best football beats gold coast it's going to be close and it's going to be interesting to see how good the suns are at metricon and how good the dogs will go there what do you reckon, guys? Who are we thinking? I'm a massive Dogs fan. I think uh, I'm going to have to continue going with them. Uh, but yeah, it should be a pretty good game, this one. Suns, not too easy at Metricon, are they? So, no? no. I'm going the Dogs. I'm also going the Dogs by 15 points. I think when they hit their straps... Yeah, no, they... for a margin, thanks. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, that's just the first <laughs> game. So, um, yeah, it should be a ripper game. Two uh, pretty attacking... Styles and a bit of flair in, in both teams. Um, yeah, dogs for me. Chook's actually gone the sun, so yeah, should be nice. interesting in Metricon. They seem to play well there. Well, he loves the at, suns. at their home ground. I love the Suns too, but I'm yeah, not going to tip yeah. them. So Well, we'll, um, we'll see who's real and who's fake uh, out of this game, that's for sure. <laughs> GWS have Richmond at Giants Stadium. I have gone for the Tigers in this game. Um, they... They've just been more consistent. I feel like they've got their mojo back, you know, nearly full strength sort of system again. Obviously, a number of players out, but they just seem to rejig the, the system and um, they find a way. So, And the Giants have been uh, pretty deplorable in the midfield, so they can't get inside 15. I know the Tigers can, so that leads to more scores. I'm feeling a big response here, boys. I'm going the Giants. I'm going the Giants. I know the Tigers, we've pumped them up all the podcast. And their structure, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I just feel like the Giants are. Uh, there is too much good in that side to be this bad. And and sometimes it takes a little bit of pressure and a little bit of media pressure to sort of you know have your back up against the wall. I'm I'm expecting a massive response from the Giants. And if they don't respond, then there's a hell of a lot of questions. But I'm going to go GWS. I and Riley will also be going GWS. Both of us. Wow. Yeah, both of us I will be I going. Was no upset potential. No, I, I think Chooks <laughs> is in the, the same line of thinking as well, yeah. and thinking that 
this is a this is a candles right now. Is yeah, this is a line in the sand game for GWS. They could be three and five after this, so yeah. they'd want to beat Richmond. They'd be smarting after that grand final loss. This is the first chance they get to revenge that, avenge that. Yeah, um, I think they'll win. Nice one. So uh, does Chook. Yep, thanks, Chookin from the boundary line. North Melbourne have Carlton at the Gabba, and I'll tell you what, with how badly North are going and how many injuries they've got, and how good Carlton are playing, I have to tip the Blues at uh, the Gabba to take the win there. They obviously nearly beat Port there, and not, they're playing a good brand of football, and you know their big forwards are firing, their midfield's going well, so go the Blues. Yeah, Carlton for me. Didn't like you said. Saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're playing a good brand of footy. Uh, as you say, it's unexpected. Hasn't happened for a while at Carlton, but... Uh, Calvin. Calvin. Calvin, please. Yeah, Calvin for me. Yeah, um, I mentioned before that they are a legitimate finals contender now, and I'm backing that here with the Blues win. Riley has tipped north. Has he? He's tipped north. He's he's in my line of thinking of last week. They surely can't lose five in a row or six in a row. they can't lose six in a row, so it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, Hawthorne and Sydney at the SCG. This is so damn tough. I'm I'm still flipping a coin. I... I think we'll. Um, this could be pending changes, depending on Hawthorne might you know mm. play the kids. You know, Clarke might read what the the news is saying. Who knows? Um, I, I feel like Sydney. I, I don't know. It's it's really tricky. I, I've gone off the Hawks, as we know. I gave Clarke an almighty uh, spray. tirade. Yeah. I gave him a spray last week, and they. I just don't look like likely, and I feel like Sydney will at least put in some effort. <laughs> I don't know if the Hawks will. <laughs> I, I don't know, but that could be pending changes. Yeah, that's a fair call. I mean, it, it looks like you're waiting for that game where we go, wow, Clarko just produced a stellar coaching performance, but I don't Wins think... Exactly, I don't think we can sort of base much around that because they really are struggling, and... Sydney, if they had a couple of the likes of Heaney or Kennedy, I'd be, I'd, I'd be certainly picking them much quicker. I'm still going to pick Sydney, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. going to be a tough one to tip. Clean sweep all round, Sydney for myself and Chook also. Nice. That's good. <laughs> nice. That's, that's great. <laughs> Go, boys. Yep. Port, <laughs> Port Adelaide have St Kilda at Adelaide Oval. Being it's a poor time ground and they're arguably the best team in the competition and um, yeah, Kenny's loving it. So I think Port will win well. Yeah, definitely. Port Adelaide for me, no dramas. Saints were in good form last week, beating Adelaide by 23 points. Oh, sorry, that's tonight. Um, yeah, no, Port for me should be a ripper game though. Should be an absolute rip snorter yeah. of a game. Yeah. Two, again, two attacking teams and you know, hopefully St Kilda beat Adelaide, but depending on what happens there, it's uh, yeah, Saints will be back in the hunt for finals. So, Port all around for myself and Chook. Good stuff. Adelaide have Essendon at Adelaide Oval, another Adelaide Oval. Adelaide. Um, really tough one again. Uh, Sheila, that's a big one for the Bombers and how they'll go in that midfield. But I'm probably going the Bombers. You know, I reckon a close one here because Adelaide they'll be keen to sort of get. Get a win on the board. It's probably their most likely chance to get a win on the board with the Bombers sort of being a little bit down. But I think Essendon should win in a reasonably close one. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, at some stage, the Crows will win a game. And particularly now that they're venturing back home. I mean, I know they look terrible. I mean, they could get a win tonight after this. You never know. <laughs> yeah, and we could all of a sudden have a little bit more optimism about them. But 
I think Essendon are a pretty good side. They're improved, even though they were poor the other week. So, I'm going the Bombers. The Dons. Don the Sash. Donald Trump. Oh, yikes. Yeah, Bombers for myself and Chuck also. I think we're in the same uh, line of thinking there, that they're just a better team than Adelaide. Yeah, well, it's not wrong. Adelaide. Adelaide. <laughs> West, West Coast, Stan Collingwood, Optus Stadium. This is an absolute... Corker. Grand final rematch. Grand final rematch from, from two years ago. 2018. Yeah, it's <laughs> ab- absolutely massive, this one. I... Maynard hasn't slept since. <laughs> <laughs> goodness gracious me, and thank goodness Jack Darling can sleep after dropping that oh. mark that nearly cost him the game. But, uh, I'm, I'm going to go West Coast. I think they're getting on a bit of a roll. Obviously, tip the pies to, to win the premiership, but I think West Coast at home when they're going well... And firing on all cylinders are really tough. And I feel like, yeah, Collingwood, they, they might sort of... And I think a lot of teams have sort of dropped a game here or there. I feel like, yeah, the Eagles, back in better mindset, I think they... I don't think they've lost to the Pies since 2018 as well. So um, they haven't won there for a while. Eagles Eagles have had their measure, even at the G as well. Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards West Coast as well. I would love to see... The teams, so don't absolutely hold me to it. But yeah, I agree with what you said there, Tyus. I think the Eagles are starting to get a bit of their mojo back, and they're tough at home, and they've got their crowd behind them now. Yeah, the most of them. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it'll be a tough task or a tough ask even for the Pies, but they travel well. So I'm sitting on the fence, but West Coast. Yeah, it's so tricky because we know with the Pies are away. Yeah. I see West Coast. I see Optus Stadium, and I tip West Coast yeah. pretty much. Yep. I think they're back, and yeah. I've got Derek Egmalizi Smith on my face. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Hey. Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote the Eagles off, and yeah, I should have yeah. just waited one more week. Um, Chooks yeah. tipped Collingwood. Yeah, yeah, nice which time. it's still probably pretty fifty-fifty game. Yeah, um, but just that home ground advantage, I think, for the Eagles gets them over the line for myself, but not for Riley. I disagree. I'm going to tip the Eagles. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Melbourne and Brisbane Metricon Stadium. D's obviously ultra impressive against the Hawks, but I feel like Brisbane have uh, they they've got a real sort of um, yeah. What's the word? They've got a good form form line going. They've yeah. they've um, they've got the runs on the ball. That's what I'm trying That's to get at. Yeah. Trying to yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just just trying to actually word. I've tipped Brisbane for this game to um, yeah win. Metricon in Queensland. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm tipping the Lions. Um, they show what they could do, but uh, I'm still tipping Brisbane. Well, that would be a bold move to tip Melbourne, like I haven't done. I've tipped Brisbane. Um, <laughs> yeah, Melbourne up and about, but yeah. uh, no, Chuck has tipped Lions also, so a clean sweep of Lions. Well, he just pumped Lions. them up, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Interesting last game here too. Yeah, on oh, this is. We'll tip it now, even though we'll have a podcast in between it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we will be podcasting while this game will be going um, next Monday. Fremantle Geelong at Optus Oval. This is going to be very, very tough, uh, ladies and gentlemen. At home. Um, I've I've gone Geelong just mainly because we don't lose two in a row often. But I've I was very my primary thought was Fremantle just with. Um, the amount of talent we have out, but if we can at least level in the midfield and get it forward, I think down back we should be should be uh, sorry up forward for us should be okay because they don't have much down back. <laughs> um, but we haven't been very good at Optus. I don't think we've won there. We have, have we? Yeah, we, we have. Yeah, we, we beat Freo. We lost there last year. Yeah, we, I, I've got beat, a feeling I we have Pretty yet. sure we've beat Freo once there. Well, we'll, we'll have to, have to, che- we'll have to check double check that. Yeah, the record. Double check as well. 
Yeah, it's a tough one. I think we get Duncan and Stuart back, which oh, is yeah, yeah, so, yes. so that'll be very handy. That, but um, yeah, I'm tipping the Cats. I mean, I like I said before with the review on Freo, I mean, I like their effort and their youngsters, but there isn't much star power there. And we do travel reasonably well to WA. Historically. Historically, yeah. I'm also going the Cats. I think Stuart's a massive in. Yeah. Fortunately, Coladashny's just completely lost me. Oof. You're my, him. my faith in him. I don't know what's happened, but someone's got to go, don't they? Last year, Coladashny had lost two one-on-one contests up until around round ten, and he was, in my book, an All-Australian candidate, which sounds crazy, and no one would believe that. But his form line one-on-one as a defender, which is his job, was fantastic. The hairbands come off. The hairline's receding. <laughs> so He's struggling. Great. One on one against Dugowie with a broken finger. He just goes to ground so much. His disposal yeah. is terrible. Yeah. This isn't a review part of the game. This is just a tip, by the way. But just to finish on, <laughs> he um, was mentally beaten against. He was. Yep. I think he fell over most of the time because yeah. he was so concerned about what Dugowie yep. would do. And then he yeah. did it. It's probably Colo or Harry Taylor to come yeah. out. Taylor had some great punches and saved mm. saved a few goals. And yeah. Stewart back just gives us that assurity in defence. And I don't yes. think Taylor comes out. Based on based mm. on his performance and yeah, just t- I'm Henry. tipping tipping Geelong. Yeah, Henry, that's a possibility as well. But Chook's actually not put a tip for this game. He hasn't messaged it he's to me. Out. So yeah, he's I think he's out. just holding his holding his fire yeah, until later in the, the week. But yeah. I'll just I'll just say tipped Frio for now because that's in classic <laughs> Chook uh, birthday style. He's just tipped Frio on the uh, on the last game. I thought he could get up to on his birthday. Yeah, oh god, we might not see him again next week. He mightn't come back. That's pretty much it for this week. A um, bit of a weird one with uh, some news and Chuck leaving halfway through, but um, oh no, we hope he has a good birthday and we hope the Adelaide-St. Kilda game goes well tonight. I'm going to edit this pot up and have a watch of that. Hope it's an absolute rip snorter to finish the round off and not a boring one because I didn't wait one day to watch a boring game. Mm. Um, we've been doing a bit more on Twitter with fan engagement as well, which has been good to see Mr. Tyson, the tweet master on the Twitter during the games. And Thank you. If you do ever see a tweet or a, a poll or a Facebook uh, thing from us, p- please comment. And uh, you know, if you want to leave any uh, thoughts about the previous weekend's games or on any tribunal decisions or on anything that we have said in the podcast we say a few controversial things and you're welcome to line up at the door with the rest of the people that we have offended but <laughs> yeah turn our power off yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, always fun yeah a recent, uh, recent thing going on. <laughs> until <laughs> until next week which you'll hear from us then have a good rest of your day boys you Thank- too mate and enjoy yeah. And thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for for joining us all here at AFL Unlimited. With like-minded minds and... (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) This makes me mad at stuff every time. (laughs) See you, Brett. (laughs) Here's our little birthday present to Chook, uh, because he's not here. Every time I say... Goodbye. Thank, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to us. And Chuck always goes like, scabbity boobity bop Just to give me a little more editing to do. So happy birthday, Chuck. Hope you have a good one. You'll hear from us next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on the socials so you don't miss any content. AFL Unlimited, because footy is limitless. <laughs>